you could talk about the spaces between thoughts when you're meditating. Like I, I guess I maybe I conceptually I thought, well, I don't know what I'm saying. I guess everything's empty, and I guess I thought those spaces were nothing or something. But they seem like they're full of like they're kind of pregnant, waiting for the next thought or yes. image. Like almost anxious a little bit, or yes. guarding against the next thought or something. Well. Let's uh, examine closely. Now, when you say thought, I'm thinking image or or or, or an image or words. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and most of our thoughts take those forms: uh, image or words. Sometimes the two will be combined, uh, and, and some thoughts are more sort of kinesthetic. We'll have uh, a thought arise in our mind that sort of has to do with a body movement or body sensation. But the most predominant thoughts are their verbal or their images. Yeah. And they're verbal and we understand the meaning of the words, the self talk that's taking place. Or we see the image and there is an experience of recognition of the image. But as you know, that there's, there can be some verbal thoughts that they're there, but you're not really paying attention to them. So it's as if you're sort of understanding them. They're, they're there, but you're not really focused on them. And then there's a the period between thoughts. But as you say, um, even if it's not in the form of an image or not in the form of, uh, of, of words, of that mental verbalization, you're aware that there is still mental activity there. There's still intentions arising. There's still a certain degree of uh, uh, a discernment of what's taking place and uh, maybe evaluation of it. Are you aware of that? Yeah, I'm aware of a, of a waiting. Like, yeah, I guess an expectation of something to come. Okay, of awaiting. Okay. Um, so what you're talking about is when you're meditating and the thoughts are really slowing down so that there's a big noticeable gap between the thoughts. Right. And sometimes it's it's like the pregnant pause waiting for the next thought to, to come up. And you know it's going to come. You know it's going to come, right. Um, you can almost feel it coming. Yeah. Right. Well, you can. Yeah, you you can feel it. It's that's. Um, you have an awareness of it, but it's not. You're not fully conscious of it yet. It hasn't quite emerged into consciousness. Do you sometimes have the experience of a kind of thinking that's taking place that's sort of beneath the surface? And yeah, that's what I was talking about. Where intentions you you'll have a period where there's no verbal or, or, or thought or imagery. But you're aware of the present moment, and you're actually <coughs> doing a, a sort of the, you know, there's decisions being made about, or questions being asked, or, uh, but not verbally, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of beneath the surface. Yeah, it's still kind of noisy, even though it's quiet. Right. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. So, this is because. What we're consciously aware of is just a small part of the mental activity that's taking place, and this is what you're this is what you're discovering. You're realizing that that although what I'm mainly aware of most of the time 
are, are is the uh, verbal self-talk and the images and whatever that comes up. Uh, and sometimes it's emotions, too. We should include that. This is what we're mostly aware of in terms of our mental contents that we call thoughts. But even in the midst of all that, there is a subtle awareness of other things that, you know, to use the analogy of seeing, we can't quite see clearly, but we know that they're there as well. And when those things begin to, when the obvious ones begin to die away, we begin to be aware of how much other stuff that there is going on. And so that's a really important thing to notice. So I have to work through all that stuff also. You don't have to work through it. What's really important is to just see and have that realization of this is the way it is. What I'm consciously aware of is just a small part of the mind's activities, you know. Because we tend to identify with the mind. And so it's sort of like discovering that, oh, well, what I thought was myself has all these other parts to it that I usually don't know about and I can't see very clearly. But now, if, if you think about it, where do thoughts come from? Previous thought or some. They're, they're triggered by previous thoughts, but sometimes they just seem to come out of nowhere, most of the time. As a matter of fact, even when they're triggered by previous thoughts, they just seem to arise in response to that thought. So they're coming out of this part of your mind that, you're, that you, is becoming obvious to you in the gaps between the obvious thoughts. That whole subconscious or unconscious part of your mind. Um, you sit down to meditate, and you focus on the meditation object, and you start to get calm and relaxed, and all of a sudden a thought comes, where does that come from? Um, it doesn't spring you know, from nothing into awareness. It comes from the subconscious into awareness. But it didn't even come from nothing in the subconscious. Uh, there is a continuous ongoing activity at the subconscious level. Uh, far more, actually, than that little bit that we're conscious of. And all these different... And, and, and if you notice the different kinds of thoughts that come up, you're sitting and meditating, and sometimes it's these trivial things about what happened this morning and what you have to do later on today. And then... Other times, it's uh, more major things in your life. Uh, what am I going to do about, you know, am I wasting my life? Should I have a different career, right? You know, that thought. I know you know that thought. That's the kind of thought that everybody has these kinds of thoughts, or to do with their relationships, or, or you know, these, these come up not just everyday or ordinary things, but the more important personal thing. And deeper questions, spiritual questions, uh, thoughts about those. So there's all kinds of different kinds of thoughts that come up when you meditate. Uh, so it shows you the, the variety of mental activities that are sort of ongoing. Um, your, your concerns about your path in life, which we might 
sort of put that as a category where things to do with your relationship, uh, things to do with uh, uh, your career and your future and, and your past, you know, the things that you've done that maybe you wish you had and things like that. Okay, these, these kinds of, that's, that, this whole category, even though most of the time you're not aware of those, some part of your mind's always working on that. And, and if you think about that, of course, in meditation it becomes obvious. You sit down and get quiet, and all of a sudden these things come up. But if you think about it, throughout the course of your daily life, there's those odd moments where one of those thoughts or concerns or the emotions related to it will leak through. Or some situation will arise, somebody will say something, and, and that will be the trigger for one of these things to come through. So you recognize that this is going on all the time. So what's going on in your subconscious mind is rich and varied. And if we look at another thing that happens in meditation, we see that you're trying to focus your attention on the meditation object, develop mindful awareness, and, uh, and some stability of attention, but you're, 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 there's this constant competition for your conscious awareness by these thoughts and ideas and concerns that are coming out of your subconscious mind. And that's exactly why we have the problems that we overcome in the practice. You sit down and you experience thoughts that come along, and, and before you have enough skill, those thoughts hijack your attention entirely. You forget the meditation object, and you'll get off on a journey of mind-wandering. Then as you get more skill, you don't, you don't forget so easily, you don't mind-wander so easily, but uh, you, these thoughts keep coming up, and sometimes they take your attention away from the meditation object and sometimes they don't. You get enough skill so that you never let them take you away from the meditation object, but they keep coming up, they keep coming up. And then you'll come to that place where uh, you can stay with the meditation object and there's very little else going on. Your mind is getting nice and quiet, but you'll notice that you still need to remain vigilant because if you relax too much, the same thing will happen. Out of nowhere, some thought or concern or emotion will come up, and it'll grab your attention and take off with it. Okay? So this is telling you what I've already said. Your mind is not one thing. It consists of many different parts. Your conscious awareness is just that small bit of light that illuminates one part of what's taking place in your mind. And all of these other processes, with their own agendas, with their own purposes, with their own functions, with their own aspects, each one is taking care of some different aspect of what it means to, to be you, of your personality in the world, of your needs, your desires, your aversions, you know, all of these different things. So you've got all these different things going on simultaneously, which have which are serving some particular purpose and have some particular goal. And uh, they interact, but you know each is doing its own thing. And conscious awareness is precious. And so these processes compete with each other 
for conscious awareness. And of course, when conscious awareness is not otherwise fully engaged, then some mental process with its favorite thought process wants to leap into the, the, the gap and get, you know, get that uh, to become the object of, of the attention. So, from this, we realize that in order to really achieve a peace of mind, a calmness, a stability of attention, a clarity, it would be nice if all of these different parts of your mind could start functioning cooperatively, uh, coherently towards the same goal, or at least not conflicting with each other. And that's what's that that would that that would be a unification of mind, and that's actually what we're working towards. It's what you bring about in your practice when, and you reach the stage where concentration becomes effortless. It becomes effortless because now you don't have so many unconscious thought processes or subconscious thought processes going on simultaneously about things that have nothing to do with your meditation. They have nothing to do, let's put it this way, they have nothing at all to do with the present moment. They're all concerned with the past and the future and somewhere else and something else, right? So, in order to be able to sit there and be fully present uh, effortlessly requires that all of these other mental processes have temporarily gotten on on task with being in the present and are not trying to to you know they're not trying to take over your conscious awareness at that point then you start to experience the space between the thoughts as just a really peaceful quiet space of being fully present and fully aware uh, what you can take whatever enters your conscious awareness, which will be, you know, here you are in the present moment. And so there's the sensations of the breath, and you can expand that and feel the sensations in your entire body. You can introspectively examine your mind and see the quality of your mental state, the degree to which it's joyful or that it's not joyful, or, or that uh, there's still some agitation beneath the surface or there's not some agitation beneath the surface. Uh, and so forth. So you're being fully in the present, and it's effortless. And because it's effortless, now you, your mind, you can do whatever you want with your mind. You can use it much more powerfully. The same thing is true in terms of what we call mindful awareness and the power of mindful awareness. When the power of your mindful awareness is restricted to a few mental processes or a few mental functions that are basically uh, adopting the same object of observation, the same, you know, they're doing the same thing at the same time. Uh, you 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 are sensitive to you're sensitive already in your experience to the fact that when the more different things that are happening in your mind, the less clear is your awareness. And the fewer, then it's your, clar- your, your clarity gets much greater and the intensity of your perception becomes much, much sharper. 
And, uh, well, can you imagine if all of your mental resources or most of your mental resources are now supporting your awareness in the present moment? It becomes very, very powerful, enormously so. We do experience this in emergency situations. You know, in an emergency situation, all it's, it's like all these different mental processes do have the same prime directive. You know, when uh, when disaster looms, we drop our other concerns and, and we look after survival. And you'll find that, you know, in, in that kind of situation. Your mind becomes really clear, you know, totally aware. And there isn't a lot of distraction. You're not worried about paying the rent and, you know, your relationships and your job and stuff like that. You're present here and now with what's happening. And the farthest in the future you're going to look is to, you know, uh, to use the, the example, you deliberately cultivate this, of course, in the martial arts. So, you know, if you're, a, if you're a, one of these Japanese swordsmen in a, a, in a combat where the least move means, you know, that's it, it's all over, then you're, you're totally present, right? You're, you're, you don't think about anything other than uh, what's happening right now. And, and future only extends to a few seconds from where you are. So you can understand what's going on. Well, that's the thing. When you meditate, all of these things come clear. You learn about these things. You learn, oh, my mind is all these different parts. Oh, the part of my mind I'm conscious of is just a little bit. And you start to realize things. Oh, the yakety yak part of my mind, that's just one. That's just one thing. That's, it's like... You, you have a talker in your head, but it's definitely not the only thing that's going on and all this other stuff. And the talker can take up the topics of any of these other parts, you know, and you can talk to yourself about all kinds of different topics, but the talker is just one thing and there's all kinds of things going on. And this is, this is very... If, if you, as you understand this more clearly, and this is what I want you to do in your meditation, is to is to be open to discovering what is the significance of this. When I realize that thoughts, the thoughts that I'm usually aware of, are just a small part of what's happening in my mind. What are all of these other things about? You become aware that they're there. And the implications of these, the several implications, you realize that, oh, this is, if this is going on when I'm sitting here being quiet meditating, then all this other stuff is going on all, of, all of the time as well. And it's having an impact. So, you know, when I'm at work tomorrow and somebody comes up and says something to me, the way I react, both what I do and say, and the way I react emotionally, it's going to be influenced by all this other stuff that's going on that I don't even know about. So that's one thing that it, it tells you. Um, another thing is it tells you, of course, that this idea that there is somewhere in this some one single self that is the experiencer and the decision maker and, and everything is an illusion. That this is this is a collection. This is a board of directors. This is a crowd of Indians trying to come to an agreement. You know, there is no one part of your mind that's 
in charge all the time and wears the hat that says I, and you know, says I'm president of the company and everybody has to do what I say. It just isn't like that. And you're made up of all of these different things going on at once. So this helps you to realize this. It becomes not just a, an abstract idea, but you begin to see the, the reality that there is no single uh, permanent, uh, separate uh, experience, owner of experience and doer of deeds. This is what you're seeing in your meditation. Or you're seeing something that is revealing that. And so understand what it has to say to you and, and pursue it further. In terms of your practice, of course, you are now aware much more directly of why up to this point it's seemed so difficult to just remain focused on one object. It's because there are all of these other mental processes wanting to take advantage of. I mean, here, here this precious commodity, this conscious awareness, is, is being wasted on something as boring as a sensation of the breath going in and out. You know, so all these different processes say, this is my chance. <laughs> you know, so, so now you see what's going on. And you realize that the calming of your mind has to go deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, you've calmed the surface, but now by calming the surface, you become aware of all of the turmoil that's beneath the surface. And so the calming needs to, to continue to deepen. I can see how it propels me through each day. How it? How, how this is all these things under the surface are propelling me through each day. They are, yes, Constantly. absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you can see that. Yeah. It starts to answer the question, why, why am I the way I am? You know. And then when you start to see some of the things that are propelling you, you know, and you know, your reaction is, my goodness, that should have been done with when I was 10 years old. <laughs> Why is that still here? 